Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Femi Abbefe, on vSEN, the sports betting network. It's a great day to be alive, and it's a great day to be a better. Welcome inside to the VEASAN studios here at the Circa Resort and Casino in downtown Las Vegas. This is the Lombardi Line presented by BetMGM. Femi Abebefe alongside Mike Pritchard, our VEASAN NFL analyst, played nearly a decade in the National Football League, former first-round pick to the Atlanta Falcons, also a national champion for the Colorado Buffaloes back in the early 90s. Pritch, how are we doing today? Doing well, Femi. Football's back. Uh, happy back, that man. it's back. Happy to enjoy a game. Uh, a little sweat from that under situation in the second preseason game. <laughs> uh, but very, very interesting, though. Looking forward to the show today. So much information. So many things happening uh, in mm-hmm. the National Football League, even uh, weeks away from the beginning uh, opening kickoff. Oh, yeah. But we have games. We yeah, have two we do. last we night. Do. We have six games tonight, yep. six games tomorrow, yep. two games on Sunday. So we are now in preseason week one <laughs> mode here, and there have been bets that have been made, but we're going to have a lot of fun breaking down these games all throughout the show, but let's set the table for what we have on tap over these next two hours. Coming up in 30 minutes, Evan Klosky, sports director at WTSP in Tampa Bay, will join us to break down tonight's game between the Buccaneers and the Steelers. What's going on with that quarterback competition between Kyle Trask and Baker Mayfield? We'll ask Evan in 30 minutes. Then in 45 minutes, you'll want to stick around for this, Thomas Gable, Racing Sportsbook Director over at the Borgata on a Friday. Usually joins us Saturday and Sunday. TG on a Friday. And not just that he's on a Friday. He's in studio. TG will be joining us inside the Circa Resort and Casino here in town in Las Vegas. And also an hour from right now, Vinny Maiulo, Hall of Fame odds maker from the South Point Hotel and Casino in his usual spot to start off hour number two. So a lot of fun that we have on the show. Make sure to tweet at us at VEASAN Live on Twitter. At M.I. Pritchard is where you can find Pritch. At Femi Abebefe is where you can find me. But Pritch, let's break down last night's preseason games. Of course, the headlining game was the Texans and the Patriots. Mm-hmm. Houston goes ahead and wins that one. Shout out to anybody who listened yesterday and cashed that Houston Texans money line bet. Never a doubt with Case Keenum dicing up fourth and fifth stringers. But the Texans win as favorites, they laid three and a half was the close there. The game just goes under the total. Uh, but what were the things that stood out to you? Obviously, a lot of the noise about C.J. Stroud, yeah. Tank Dell, then the New England side, Christian Gonzalez. Like, there was a lot to kind of digest what really jumped out to you. Yeah, Christian got trucked uh, by receiver, that first kind of play. thing, a first play. <laughs> hey, lower show. Nobody wants to get hurt in preseason, right? <laughs> he was uh, waiting already, for that contact. <laughs> already making a business decision. You'd like to see that. <laughs> But no, what stood out, um, I I think from a betting standpoint, a lot of things stand out. And and what you uh, lightly mentioned there, I think, uh, is the experience level of who's out there, who's quarterbacking, who's playing certain positions. I mean, when you got Case Keenum, the experience that he has playing with the guys who are trying to make the team um, out there, then, yeah, I mean, that's going to be an advantage for you, I Mm -hmm. I think, right? And and certainly, uh, you know, Case is back home. Uh, and, and he's comfortable. We'll, we'll see what's going to happen with the, his situation. But, uh, you know, that that gives you an edge a little bit. Davis Mills gives you an edge. He was a starter all last year. Uh, that yeah. gives you an edge. Now, the intrigue obviously was going to be with C.J. Stroud and what he was going to do rookie. Uh, mm. uh, can, but can he learn? Now he's got stuff on tape. Now he's in a live game situation, and can he learn from it? That, to me, is the evaluation. It always is about preseason, evaluation, execution. Uh, it, and can he get better? I mean, 
obviously he's going to see his shortcomings. He's going to see what he did wrong. He's going to see the speed of the game and how much different it is from college. Uh, but I'm not ready to, you know, proclaim that he's going to be this or be that. I mean, he's got a long way to go. 24 starts uh, until you're considered um, experienced enough to be decided if you're a franchise quarterback or not. Mm-hmm. Uh, but a long road, uh, I think Houston has a chance to get better because of how young they are. But then on the other side, too, to take away, you know, I'm, I'm curious about O'Brien and his philosophy offensively. Just 49 plays in that game, and I get it. Mm. Um, you want to try to execute. You want to try to implement your offense, and it's not Mac Jones. I'm not taking away the fact that Mac Jones isn't out there. But Zappi has experience. Uh, but this is a new offense. Uh, a lot of injuries on that offensive line, too. So, uh, you know, a lot of teams are running in preseason. It seems like New England is limping a little bit, right, throughout mm. preseason. We'll see how that carries over into the regular season. I want to get back to C.J. Stroud, the second overall pick in this past spring's NFL draft. His stat line last night, two for four, mm. 13 yards, no TD passes, an interception, only played in two series. Uh, as a fan, selfishly, I wanted to see more just because, like, we hear all the training camp buzz, but, oh, so-and-so looked good in the seven-on-seven period. They looked right. good in the 11. Like, let's see when the bullets are live, what these guys look like. So selfishly, I wanted to see a bit, a little bit more, but I understand this is just the first week of the preseason. But just from, like, a rookie standpoint, because you mentioned he's a rookie and he's going to make mistakes, right. but was there anything that you saw that was concerning? Like, I feel a little bit silly asking the question, but <laughs> these are real conversations that are happening about C.J. Stroud just off of two series of football. Like, I, like at least, if anything, kind of just – Put put the put the damper on all those yeah. concerns. If anything, like, like was there anything that kind of jumped out to you that you it, thought was like, uh oh, this is not what I expect. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm not I haven't watched the tape, I'm, you know. And, mm-hmm. But when you just just by watching the game and and the takeaways that I had, uh, and I was watching the game with a good friend of ours, James Salinas. Mm. Uh, and right. is he in town? He's in town. Yeah, there Where, we go. He swoops in and swoops out. Though, I was going to say Salinas out here. <laughs> yeah. <just laughs> um, but um, one of the things, like Stroud had a three step drop and he held the ball. Mm-hmm. Like you can't hold a ball in a three-step drop, and then he scrambled out of there. You got you, so you, you saw that little play where he was mobile a little bit, um, but you know things like that. You know if that read isn't there, you know where's your second one if you have one? You don't have a third one on a three-step drop, uh, and so it just got to be more decisive that way. Uh, I think you know telegraphing things with his eyes, you know, you know, and, and maybe New England's playing games with him. They a little bit of disguising coverages too, and you're not planning for it. Uh, so that's why I can't. Crush him, you know. I, I, you can't. You got to evaluate what he did well. I thought was poison a pocket for mm. a young guy uh, playing his first NFL game. Uh, I thought he did not have happy feet. He stood in a pocket. He tried to make things happen or, or let things develop, uh, and then he tried to get out of there. And, you know, if you can sustain a block and maybe tussle over there or maybe some different linemen out there, they'll sustain blocks differently, right? Uh, but there's some positives. Obviously, there's some negatives, and but the negatives is what he's going to be coached up off of. Uh, and a chance to get better. And, that, and that's what I like more of, about C.J. Stroud in that game last night, more so than than trying to say, okay, oh, oh, he's got a long way to go, which he does, mm-hmm. but but I, I think it's still promising. Yeah, no, just getting those reps out there, yeah. getting something on tape, right. I think is a big deal for a lot of these guys here. And we saw that last night from C.J. Stroud. And like, I, I think the overall takeaway for me, it's like, Okay, the guy played two series. Like, mm-hmm. There's no need to panic. No need for anything like that. And it's a new offense. Like, right. like he's used to kind of that like check with me offense at Ohio State where they look to the sideline and all that stuff. Where now he's in a huddle. He's under center. Right. He's getting used to the footwork of a, a three step drop or a five step drop or a seven step drop. So it's it's a little bit of an adjustment period from those guys who come from these kind of collegiate offenses right. now playing the pro game. Yeah, and also Femi, I mean three step drop and that ball got to come out like. In college, you're used to separation, right? You're, yeah. you're used to you and me separation. <laughs> but in the pros, I mean, separation is a shoulder. Mm. Like, you got you to gotta put the ball on the shoulder. Or you got to put the ball low and outside. Or you got to put the ball wherever you need to put it. Because there is separation. It just doesn't look like it, right? Mm-hmm. And, and so, without watching tape and then without the coaching points or what they're trying to do, it's hard to suggest that that's what hurt him a little bit. But... Uh, being more decisive, but that'll come, like you mentioned, that'll come with reps and then certainly uh, being coached uh, from the coaches about the scheme and certainly what they're trying to accomplish on those particular plays. Yeah, no, I, I 100% agree. It's almost like there's a difference between 
Ohio State Open and NFL <laughs> Open. Right, <laughs> you know? right, right. You're not throwing to Marvin Harrison Jr. who's going up against a guy who's going to be a physical therapist coming up in like six years or so. Like, you know, it's like, it's, it's a little bit different of, yep. of a game at the NFL yep. level. Or a sports broadcaster. Or, or a sports broadcaster. <laughs> Maybe they'll be a sports broadcaster. Check them out on Big Ten Network there. in 2029. Um, but no, I think from a betting standpoint, though, for me, it's like, it kind of harpens into like what I was talking about yesterday on the show is that quarterback depth charts matter a lot. And also, yeah. I think, too, these first-year head coaches early on in the preseason – like to establish those winning cultures. Like, you know, like you could see New England, they were kind of trying some stuff, mm -hmm. put Malik Cunningham out there in the fourth quarter, just say, okay, let's see what we have here. Maybe we end up having like a gadget play a little bit later on in the regular season. But Houston, I'm not saying that they were emptying their playbook looking to try to win this game, right. but there's just a little bit more motivation, I think, from the coaching staff when you have a staff that's coming in here and trying to say, all right, we have to erase a losing culture and build a winning culture. And it's one of those things I'm going to kind of try to – look at some of these teams that have these first-year head coaches and say, hey, maybe they are a little bit more motivated to win as we saw Houston go ahead and pull away in that game in the second half. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think um, – and teams are trying to accomplish things too. And we got a slew of games tonight uh, in which teams are trying to accomplish certain things, yep. which can give you an angle, a betting angle, I believe. Like, you know, if you're Bill Belichick and uh, you are experimenting, you know, you're, you're tinkering a little bit, um, yeah. are you really worried about this game? No. no. And so from a betting standpoint – jump all over Houston, like you mentioned. I mean, D'Amico Ryan, the new head coach, he's amped up. He's excited. Mm -hmm. He's trying to get his new coaching staff. They want to uh, establish themselves, credibility standpoint. They might be more motivated than some of the players, right, <laughs> yeah. from a coaching standpoint. So, you know, you get that competitive edge, and you see certain things out there throughout the course of the game, and depending on if you have a Davis Mills who's experienced, or depending on if you have a Case Keenum if you're experienced, hey, we haven't worked on this, but let's run that. Because it'll work, and we'll be successful, and we'll look good, we'll score a touchdown, whatever. So from a preseason standpoint, uh, if you can understand that, definitely you give yourself an edge betting these games. Yeah. When once again, I mean, Case Keenum playing in the fourth quarter of a preseason game, he's way too <laughs> overqualified to be playing in that situation. So, like, and that's what I said yesterday. I was like, hey, like, you want to make sure that you are backing a team to where you are comfortable with yeah. their quarterback in the second half because we all get bogged down about who's starting and how long are the starters going to play. In my opinion, that's irrelevant. Like, and I think it's yeah. priced way too much in the market. The real edge, in my opinion, in preseason is who's going to be the quarterback in the fourth quarter. Right. And if you tell me I can get Case Keenum, who started an NFC championship game about six years ago playing against fourth and fifth stringers, like that to me is easy money. Yeah. That's yeah, easy money to me. And this guy's going to cut it up. And like we saw Keenum, I mean, he didn't light the world on fire, but 9 of 14, 79 yards and a touchdown. Like it's not like wow type of numbers, but he moved the ball efficiently and he just has that experience to where he's going to help those younger guys that he's playing with and put them in a pretty good position to succeed. Yeah, absolutely. And the coach is going to have confidence in that too. Malik Cunningham, though, uh, you know, Bill Belichick's won it, but Cam Newton, he's experimented yeah. with this six eligible quarterback. Oh, yeah. I wonder what he, if he thinks he has something with Malik. Maybe a Cunningham package coming up for the Patriots later on this fall. We'll break down Viking Seahawks on the other side and also start to look at tonight's game, six of them on the preseason slate. We're rolling along here on the Lombardi Line presented by BetMGM. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. 
The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Timmy Abbefe, on VSEN, the sports betting network. Become a VSEN Pro subscriber today and get a daily email recapping all the best bets from our show hosts and guests. You'll also get unlimited access to our VSEN.com slash picks page. Sort picks by sport, matchup, event date, and more. Check the top VSEN experts leaderboard to view betting records, profit, and ROI and see which VSEN expert has the hot hand for VSEN Pro picks, betting splits, power ratings, plus 24-7 video access. Become a VSEN Pro subscriber today. Sign up today for only $19 for your first month at VSEN.com slash subscribe. Welcome back. This is the Lombardi Line presented by BetMGM. Femi Abebefe, Mike Pritchard hanging out here at the Circa Resort and Casino. 15 minutes from now, Evan Klosky, sports director at WTSP in Tampa Bay, will join us to help us break down Buccaneer Steelers later on later tonight and also give us an update on this quarterback battle between Baker Mayfield and Kyle Trask. Who will be the week one starter? We'll ask Evan 15 minutes from now. But let's continue our discussion, Pritch on what we saw last night in week one of the NFL preseason. It feels good just to, like, have games to react to. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. Like, it feels like, I don't know if, like, be personally, I feel like I have extra juice for, to- for today's show. So I'm like, hey, we're talking about games. We're seeing stuff. We're going to preview some games coming up a little bit later. But we did see in both of our old stomping grounds, mm-hmm. Pacific Northwest yep. up there in Seattle, the Seahawks went ahead and beat the Minnesota Vikings. This one was a loser for me in the betting cards. Seahawks win 24-13. to 13. I had Vikings plus 4.5. The game closed 3.5. And there were some spots where it even closed three, I believe. But uh, Seattle was all over the Minnesota Vikings in the second half, outscoring them 17-3. to three. But it was a pretty solid first half, I thought, from Nick Mullins, 14-20, mm-hmm. 139 yards, a touchdown. We saw Jordan Addison out there. We saw Jackson Smith and Jigba. Yep. Uh, what, what did you make of those two first-round rookie wide receivers in their preseason debuts yesterday? Yeah, get your feet wet. You know, Smith mm-hmm. and Jigba especially, first play of the game, I believe, the boot. Uh, and, you know, comes underneath uh, and, and catches it. I guess acclimated to the you know the stadium gets introduced mm-hmm. to the fans and that's what that was about and uh, and, and you know get out of there because <laughs> you're going to be pivotal uh, for us. Uh, I, I thought you know and every time I looked at him, Jordan asked he looks comfortable. Yeah, he looks comfortable. Um, and as a young player like that, being comfortable like that means you're confident. So that's gonna that's gonna be intriguing for Minnesota. I think uh, when you got a playmaker like that, that's opposite of a Justin Jefferson, mm-hmm. who's the best player in the National Football League by the players, voted by the players. And, and it's like, man, I, I, you, know, you wonder how excited they are uh, with this franchise, with these people, even though they're going through a, a little bit of transition. But both of those guys uh, did exactly what I thought they were going to do. I mean, my first preseason game, Vimy, um, it, it was like, you know, you get indoctrinated, you, you get used to everything. Uh, and certainly when I signed my contract, I went right down the field in practice and, and got in f- with the starters. Uh, and so we carried over that to the Rams, uh, and I played, a, I got a lot of run. I played into the second half, uh, and, and yet, you know, I had three touchdowns in that game. So that settled me down and allowed me to be a contributor uh, as a rookie. So I, I, as we go through this, we'll see more from Madison, we'll see more from Smith and Jigba, uh, and, and certainly we'll see what type of, contribution both of those teams are looking from from those players so those type of players out there yeah i mean jordan addison is probably going to be wide receiver three for the vikings because mm-hmm. they have kj osborne yeah. as well who really emerged as the wide receiver two last season i know Thielen was there last year but it felt like osborne was still starting to take mm-hmm. some of those uh targets away from Thielen. but yeah addison at least 
to start the season, and maybe he emerges as the wide receiver too for Minnesota because, like you mentioned, natural. He's a Bolitnikoff winner from yep. when he was at Pitt before he transferred to USC. So this is a guy that's like he's got some big time pedigree. Yeah, like, you know, like there's a reason why he went in the first round. And the Vikings liked him a lot there. So, I mean, they have a plan for him, clearly, as he got one catch for 22 yards. But I'm assuming as we go on throughout the preseason, maybe we'll see a little bit more from him. Yeah, I mean, it's it's 11 personnel type of offense, right? I mean, it's the Rams migrating to Minnesota now with O'Connell and all that. Sean McVay, you know, he's everywhere. <laughs> uh, and it's like, uh, you know, you're going to need three wide receivers. And, you know, I, I was high on K.J. Osborne last year. Uh, opposite of, of a guy like uh, Justin Jefferson. I thought Adam Thielen is losing a step or two and. Um, uh, certainly, you know, he's now elsewhere. Um, but they, they've got young, like in a hurry with their mm-hmm. receivers right up there in Minnesota. Uh, and, and you wonder how explosive that can be. And, and I think if Addison is a third, which I was a third, um, and, you know, I had Andre Risen and Michael Haynes, right? And, and I was a third and, and almost made rookie of the year, you know, all rookie. Mm-hmm. But I, I think Smith and Jigba Addison certainly in that category of contributing to where they'll be in discussion uh, throughout the year as well. Yeah, and, and that's the interesting thing for me. Like, when I look at offensive rookie of the year odds, because I believe Jackson Smith and Jigba has shorter odds than Jordan Addison. So mm-hmm. Smith and Jigba over at BetMGM is 12-1. to 1. Mm-hmm. Addison is 16-1. to 1. So Addison's been getting bet, it looks like, because I believe he was around that 20-1, to 22-1 to 1 range or so. But to me, it feels like there's a little bit more upside and there's more room for Addison to be more productive. I know Smith and Jigba is going to be a guy who wins early on in, in routes and all that stuff. But, I mean, you got two pretty – solidified wide receiver one, wide receiver two. And may, hey, you might argue that Seahawks have two wide receiver ones right. in DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. Like those are guys that are pretty solidified in their roles to where they're number one, number two or at, or Smith and Jigba. Sorry. Like the, the best he can do is like maybe be the third pass catcher. He's in the that third. Lineup. You know, it's like, like that's like the best he can do unless and he's otherworldly and better than anything we've seen at the position. Yeah. And it's awesome too, though, because I mean, you know, he's not going to release what he obtained, right? He's, he's not going to let it go now that he's a man up there. He can't, mm-hmm. he can't do that, Gino. Uh, and, and then, you know, Kirk is wondering, you wonder what his future is, but yet uh, he's going to play lights out. At least he wants to. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think he had his best year last year in, uh, in this offense, very comfortable with it too. So uh, the play callers, you, you got to love to play callers, I, I think, on both sides. But one thing about Pete Carroll, and I've been hinting at this all offseason, and I get these emails from Seahawks, right? Mm-hmm. Former Seattle Seahawks. And I'm like, they're excited about that building. And you can see that play out with the, play, with the fellas playing in the second half. He has those young guys juiced up. They were flying around. Flying man. around. And that is part of that culture that everybody has embraced up there. So last night, you know, a lot of – imagine the starters playing like that. <laughs> uh, and that's what you got going right now up in the Pacific Northwest. And last segment, we took the victory lap, being able to get the Houston Texans bet home on the money line. Uh, we also have to take our medicine and, mm. and, and point out when we do get things wrong. And for me, I totally whiffed on this quarterback situation with the Vikings and the Seahawks because I thought in my handicap, all right, which quarterback do I want to have in the fourth quarter? Right. I was like, well, I've seen Jaron Hall play at BYU, has some talent, but – I didn't take in the fact that his offensive line was absolutely atrocious. Now, he is athletic uh-huh. and all that, but we didn't see him actually run. He was mainly scrambling to throw the football away. But on the other side is mainly where I got this thing wrong. Like, I had no idea who Holt Naylor's was. I'd right. never seen him play in college football. He went to East Carolina. He's pretty mobile himself. He ran a QB draw on a third down and like went and picked up like 20 yards, yeah. had a nice pass. I believe he was four for four with a touchdown and all that stuff. So maybe for Holton Aylers is this kind of mobile quarterback, which you really want to see working with that third and fourth unit in the second half of some of these games. Well, have you, did you guys go over scripts? Because scripts in preseason or in practices are vital. Like when you're thinking about practices, Femi, um, the starters, majority of the, uh, of the plays, you know, if you got a, I don't know, a 20-play script uh, mm-hmm. in a period, right? Uh, the, the starters are going to go six, seven plays, take two off, maybe take three off, and then go back in there, right? Uh, and, and then you got the backups. The thirds, they don't get a lot of work. Most of the work for the third team people or uh, people like that, you know, Femi, uh, you know, special teams, a lot of times devoted to special teams, but then also it's individual period, mm-hmm. right? Uh, team, routes on air, stuff like that. So they're going to call six, maybe seven plays because they haven't practiced a lot, yeah. right? Uh, they haven't been involved with scripts. Uh, so that's one thing. I, I think when you're looking at uh, evaluating certain people uh, and how, who are they? Like, like, like you said, Jaron Hall in college, okay. 
but how much work is he getting right now? Clearly you know, not a lot. In Minnesota. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Clearly not right. a lot of work. Right. So, or, or work to where you're ready for a game. So, <clears throat> looking at the games even tonight and, and into the weekend, I mean, keep that in mind. Like, yeah. these third-teamers, like Malik Cunningham, he had five plays. You can count them. <laughs> and, and they kept running the same stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, really, how much work are these guys getting right now so early in camp? Well, Cunningham at least made the most of his plays. Right, I don't right. know if I can say the same about my guy, Jaron <laughs> Hall. Uh, we do have 90 seconds left here the rest of the segment. I do want to highlight one guy from the Minnesota Vikings on defense, mm-hmm. and this kind of pertains to defensive rookie of the year. And I'm not saying to go out and bet this. I'm just saying keep this in mind and just maybe put him on a monitor list because that's what I'm going to do as we head throughout the rest of preseason, head into the regular season. This is not a bet. This is more so a <laughs> monitor because, Prish, I don't know if you know this or not, but no undrafted free agent has ever won rookie of the year on offense or defense. It's never mm-hmm. happened. Okay. But the Vikings, I'm not saying they have a guy who has a chance to do this, but they have a guy who is really starting to pop and has been popping all throughout training camp. And his name is Ivan Pace Jr. Now, Mm -hmm. he came out of Cincinnati. Mm -hmm. He was a unanimous All-American at Cincinnati, but went undrafted. You might ask as to why. Well, because he's a little bit smaller. He's not prototypical size, a little bit on the shorter end, doesn't have the longest arms, doesn't have the kind of like the check all the boxes of a blue chip kind of prospect. But Brian Flores loves him. Yeah. And all throughout training camp, he's been getting work with the ones on defense. Mm -hmm. And last night, he started in the preseason game. Now, it wasn't the number one defense, but he did start. He had six tackles, and everybody's raving about him out of Minnesota Vikings camp. I checked at one domestic sports book because he's not listed at many of them. He's 100 to 1. Now, I don't think that price is fair yeah. to bet him. Like, I think I would need 500 to 1 because he's an undrafted free agent. But just something to keep in mind. If none of these other guys pop yeah. as defensive rookies, maybe, just maybe, Ivan Pace is a name that you'll need to know a little bit later on once the season gets underway. Just something for food from something for mine. You know, I got some info on that, too, for you. You got info? I got some info on that. All right, we'll share that a little bit later on in the show. But on the other side, Evan Klosky, Sportsbook Director from Tampa, joins us next. We're breaking down the Bucks on the other side. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Femi Abebefe, on VSEN, the sports betting network. It's football season, and bettors know that this is when the money is made. Nobody knows football like VSEN, and now's the time to become a VSEN subscriber and get our comprehensive college and NFL guides. Only VSEN subscribers get all the tools to prep for the college and pro football seasons, and our experts provide profiles of every team with advanced stats and power ratings, plus best bets on season win totals, division finishes, and player awards. Sign up today for only $199. You'll receive both guides and full VEASAN access all the way through the Super Bowl. Or join us for $19 for your first month and see everything VEASAN has to up your betting game. Go to VEASAN.com slash subscribe for all your options and become part of the Sports Betting Network. Welcome back. This is the Lombardi Line. We're presented by BetMGM. He's Mike Pritchard. I'm Femi Abebefe, hanging out here at the Circa Resort and Casino. We have our buddy Thomas Gable, racing sportsbook director at the Borgata, joining us in 15 minutes. But joining us right now to kick off our string of guests here is the sports director at WTSP in Tampa Bay, Florida. He is Evan Klosky joining us on the Lombardi Line. Evan, hope all is well. We're obviously going to get into the tonight's game between the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Pittsburgh Steelers. But before we get into the game and what we might see later on this evening, can you give us an update on this quarterback competition? Baker Mayfield, Kyle Trask entering camp. It felt like Mayfield was the heavy favorite to be the starter in week one. But according to reports, and we've talked as well, it seems like Trask is gaining some ground. Yeah, and and let me preface it with this. Uh, Kyle Trask, I think, has impressed uh, or perform better than expected from what we thought was going to happen entering training camp to where he is now. I will also say this, entering camp, despite the fact that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers have treated them as equals 50-50, they exchange reps. One guy begins practice as the one. The next day, the other guy begins practice as the one. They've been very equitable in that sense. But entering camp, they were not treated as 50-50. Uh, Kyle Trask, had a real uphill uh, uphill battle to actually win that job. And it really comes down to, is Baker Mayfield going to lose that job? And despite the interce- the interception counters that have been happening at camp, uh, I-, I don't know if that gap is ever going to be truly closed unless Baker goes out in the preseason and completely tanks, throws a bunch of picks, and then Kyle Trask does a good enough job where people are saying, I don't know, I- I- it seems like Trask is a better option, but uh, if you had to ask me, Baker Mayfield will be the quarterback week one in Minneapolis against the Vikings. And the true quarterback battle here is Kyle Trask 
fighting for how long that leash is going to be mm-hmm. once the season begins. So if Trask can really impress here uh, through the last month of camp, then I, I think it will make it a tough decision for Todd Bowles entering maybe week three or week four if Baker's not performing up to capabilities to then let Kyle Trask have the, the starting nod. So that's what I think Trask is really fighting for. Mm. Uh, as much as he's maybe gained some ground, the fact is he had a football field length to really gain, and, and maybe he's gotten to the 20 or the 30 uh, and, and the 40, if I'm being, you know, on the, the really optimistic side of things. You know, Evan, I guess where I want to go with this question is what's the objective for uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? Because uh, I, I, that might even determine who's going to be the starter even, right? I mean, you you got Mike Evans and Godwin out there, and certainly the Brady effect is now gone. And any franchise that loses a quarterback like that, there's a lot of layers that need to be replaced. The offensive line was banged up last year. You know, the state of affairs with the offensive line and then new coordinator too. And it's like, what's the objective, in your opinion, uh, for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers uh, this season? I think you're seeing the new iteration of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, they've gotten younger. They've gotten quicker. I really want to stress out to people everywhere and from those those I talk to, um, I know how bad the rushing attack was for the Bucs. I know how bad that offense looked last year as well with the pressure that was constantly generated on Tom Brady. Um, but, but Byron Leftwich was not, was not good last year. And I think I'm being very nice saying that <laughs> having Dave, having Dave Canales in and you are going to see a night and day difference with this offense. I mean, motion. Oh, oh my, <laughs> like we're actually going to see motion with the Buccaneers offense. That's wild. And uh, you're, you're going to see a very similar concept to what the Seattle Seahawks have, have brought to, to their team, which has been a fairly successful formula for, for a while now, even dating back to last year, right, where we thought the Seahawks were a team in transition and they figured it out. So I, I do have my questions of, of the learning curve that Dave Canales is going to have as a first-year play caller. But overall, uh, Mike Evans, who he says – there's probably no wide receiver who's been doubled more than him since he's been brought into the league. He's going to have less double teams this year. Mm-hmm. And he, he's looked great. We haven't had the typical uh, Mike Evans hamstring issue in training camp yet, uh, which, is, which is a tradition unlike any other in, in Bucks camp. But I think the objective is they want to be competitive. I think there's no uh, disillusionments that they're, they're probably not a Super Bowl contender. And, uh, and, and I think they want to see, hey, do we have the bones here for a great team just without the quarterback, a la when we brought in Tom Brady, right? That team was not like a, on this star-studded path, but they felt internally, hey, we, we have the pieces here to make a run. We just need to find our son, and that was Tom Brady. And we might be looking at the same team as they have. Look up and down their starting roster. It, it's a really good starting lineup on offense and defense. Where the problems are going to be is when they get injured, their their backups and that too deep. That's that's where they're not they're not good. And if they have to dig into that depth too much, they're going to get exposed. And I think there are going to be problems. So I think this is really the transition year for the Buccaneers moving into that that the next generation after Tom Brady. But uh, the parts aren't all broke. I think the the national narrative of them being this trash team. Uh, I think is a little overblown. I don't want to say that they're going to be this great team either. I just I just want to say they're not going to be as bad as maybe advertised unless a few injuries don't break their way. So we're, we're speaking with Evan Klosky, sports director over at WTSP in Tampa. Evan, uh, do you, would you go over six and a half on the win total here with Tampa Bay then? Yeah, for me personally, I think they're right oh, right above that overline. Um, I, I think they're they're a seven win maybe an eight-win team. If they get nine wins, run a parade out there. But uh, I, I, do th- I do think that the line is probably correct. But I do tend to believe there, especially in a weaker division, um, I, I think that seven to eight seems like a reasonable number based on what they have right now. Um, again, if, if, thing, if the quarterback play is horrendous, that can certainly just – tank them into a four-win type season. But I have a tough – I'm willing to bet on their starting group of players that, that they'll be able to, to steal a handful of wins from, from teams. 
Yeah, I mean, to your point, there's still a lot of the guys who are on that Super Bowl roster from a few years ago that are still on this roster right now. Uh, Evan, let's get back to tonight, though, because they play the Pittsburgh Steelers right now. Tampa is a three-point underdog. Tomlin has come out and said that the Steelers starters will play. We don't know how long, but what's the plan for the Bucks here? Are we going to see maybe Mayfield first quarter, Trask second quarter, or could we see Trask playing into the second half there? My assumption, and Todd Bowles has kept this very close to the vest. I don't think he made a decision till last night, at least from what he told us. Uh, my assumption is going to be that Baker Mayfield is going to probably get the first quarter. Trask will probably get the second quarter. And then in the second half, it might be John Wolford, which um, honestly isn't that bad as far as preseason quarterbacks are concerned, right? I mean, this is a guy that started uh, NFL games. He's familiar with Dave Canales' system. Uh, the way that he wants to do things is very much, as I mentioned, Seahawks and kind of what the Rams offense ran, which is why they brought in Wolford. So um, I, I don't think you're going to see guys like uh, like Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Shaq Barrett, Ryan Jensen, uh, anybody who is, is, is either elite on this team or has any semblance of, a, of an injury concern. You know, even like Greg Gaines, uh, he, you know, I don't I don't imagine he'll play. Last year, I think the, the Bucks set out like, 39 players in their first preseason game and a lot of them being really notable guys. I think, uh, I think we'll see a little bit more proven guys out there this year, but at least early, but I, I would not expect um, to see the, the big names run out there for, for far too long. And again, as I mentioned, the depth on this team is, is, is questionable. Yeah. I was going to ask you that question. Cause we're looking at a total of 40 Evan and uh, real quick about 20 seconds. I mean, I, I think, uh, from a conditioning standpoint, uh, certainly that comes into play when you're looking at this total and this matchup between Pittsburgh uh, and, and Tampa. Where do you think they are from from that standpoint? Yeah, I mean, I'll tell you this: the Steelers are going to come down to uh, to, to Tampa, and and they're going to be they're going to be burnt out in the second half with the humidity mm -hmm. here. I mean, you walk outside for five minutes, you're dripping sweat. So um, I think the second half you're going to see a surge of points, not only from now. You have Tomlin and you have Bowles, two respected defensive mm -hmm. minds. They're not going to just lay it all out there. And at least from the Buccaneers' side, I can tell you that there are some major question marks in that that depth, uh, mm -hmm. especially in the secondary. I mean, the cornerback position is really a problem area for this team beyond their first three guys. So, uh, for me, I like the open. There we go. Right now, the total is sitting at 40, but there is a 39 and a half that's out there at the market shop around, as always. He is Evan Klosky, sports director at WTSP in Tampa. Evan, we appreciate it, man. Be well. Yeah, thank you for having me. Awesome stuff there from Evan. On the other side, Thomas Gable in studio here on the Lombardi Line. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. 
With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Femi Abebefe, on VSEN, the sports betting network. You can place a no-run first-inning wager with confidence at BetMGM. Make a no-run first-inning prop bet on any Friday MLB game, and if only one run is scored in the first, you'll get your stake back in bonus bets up to $20. Take big swings all season long with BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks, an official sports betting partner of Major League Baseball. Log into your account or sign up with BetMGM today. BetMGM and Game Central remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. 21 plus to wager. New and existing customer offer. Opt-in required. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets. Bonus bets expire seven days from issuance. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Offer not available in D.C., Kansas, Mississippi, Nevada, and New York. Welcome back. This is the Lombardi Line. We're presented by BetMGM. Femi Abebefe, Mike Pritchard, hanging out here in the Circus Studios at the Vison Studio, at the Circus Resort and Casino at the Vison Studios, uh, hanging out here on a Friday morning. But joining us in studio, very, very excited here on the Lombardi Line because we have this guest on usually Saturdays and Sundays. You hear him over at the Borgata. His name is Thomas Gable, race and sportsbook director there in Atlantic City. But TG in studio and he brought along mike palm the I vp did. of operations here at the circuit resort and casino so for the viewing audience you get to see tg live in the flesh in 3d tg how you doing man how's Good. vegas treating you uh it's been great i came in wednesday morning and uh stopped over here on wednesday afternoon for the first time this is actually the first time i've been in vegas since the pandemic so circle wasn't welcome built. back and uh mike was kind enough to give me a tour of the property and you know, it's a it's a beautiful property the one thing i'll say uh, to credit these guys, you know, there's new properties that, especially in this market in Vegas, you, you have so many out there. It's very difficult to come in and make something that's unique and differentiate yourself from the rest of the, the properties that are out there. And they were able to do that here, you know, through Stadium Swim and uh, this book and the Legacy Club and those types of things that really will make them stand out and draw people in here. So, they did a tremendous job, and I also love your vents on the floor. I thought that was ingenious. I really love that that the air is coming up from the floor. But uh, so it's awesome. Yeah. Helps with the smoke a lot. Yes, it does. So yeah, <laughs> it does. much appreciated. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but obviously, you're out here taking care of business and everything. But you also signed up for the contest as well, right? The, the pro- yeah, we're going to do the circa, uh, millions? circa millions and uh, mm-hmm. doing some some bet bash things today with mm-hmm. the with the panels and then the the Hall of Fame tonight, which Mike uh, is going to be, I guess, the MC for, and so mm-hmm. yeah, it's. It, I mean, just the the who's who and the names that are going to be going in, and who will actually be here, either presenting or accepting, is is pretty incredible. You you, you guys really uh, knocked it out of the park. With I that, mean, so. the the list of presenters is could be all Hall of Famers Absolutely. and are in some other Hall of Fames, right? Yes. I mean, it's mm-hmm. it's stunning what Spanky put together in a pretty yeah. short amount of time, and the families of the posthumous ones. You no, know, five of the guys going in have passed. Families are all here. Some families are presenting or families are accepting. They've really bought into this. A lot like what Derek did with Legacy Club. Yeah. And all the, the bust of all the guys that made Las Vegas and how much it meant to their families when we, we first opened that. Yeah, you know, now that we have football here, I mean, we've just got the preseason games. And uh, Bet Bash, you just mentioned, uh, Thomas and, and Mike, just for both you guys, in terms of uh, the action starting to flow in. I mean, we, we talked about the steady stream maybe throughout the offseason, but... Are you guys starting to feel it and, and see that action start to come in now? Sure. I mean, during the summer, it's when it's just baseball uh, going on, typically day to day, and you know, obviously you have you know tennis and golf and uh, UFC on the weekends. But that's the prime time that you're taking the the futures uh, for the NFL, whether it's season wins or uh, any of the other future markets that are out there. But 
you know, with the preseason games, it's, you know, it's interesting The people who bet the preseason, I, I kind of break it down into two groups. It's really uh, the people who you respect and are, you know, looking to, to get an edge because you can get an edge mm -hmm. in the preseason based on information. Um, the coaches, a lot of times will play their hand out beforehand. So if you can get to a number uh, before things move, and then there's the people who are just, uh, you know, what we'll call say recreational who are just, they're hard up to bet the NFL. They, they've been missing it mm -hmm. for months on end. So you'll, you'll get that. But I mean, for the most part, most of the preseason games, you know, what you're right on a preseason game is going to be probably less than most Major League Baseball games. It's just not, you know, the regular season volume that you get. But uh, you still have to pay attention to the to preseason because uh, the limits are smaller. They're certainly uh, lower. You don't uh, offer as big a limits out there. But, you know, you still have to pay attention to, to what's going on. And, and it, again, it's an information-based uh, market for the most part really and paying attention to the coaches and especially those beat reporters in the yep. different cities a lot of times they'll break the news and uh, you, you got to be on top of it we're hanging out in studio with thomas gable racing sportsbook director at the borgata also mike palm vp of operations here at circa on the lombardi line uh just for both of you guys are you now that we're getting closer and closer to the regular season we're now less than a month away from that first sunday is there a hot week one side that you see people betting that has kind of consistently come up here? Because I think our viewers always listen to what's going to be the sharp side week one. Is there a team that's taking more money that is, is really interesting and kind of stands out to you guys? Like, go I ahead. Go ahead. I, I have, we haven't seen any significant week no. one uh, NFL bets yet that, no. that have really moved the number. Uh, and as we get closer to the, that weekend, we will. Right, to Tom's point, I mean, because of our contest drive so much, we may send, tend to see more on the back end of future betting in the NFL because now mm -hmm. these weekends we get so many more people here and they're only coming out once a summer to sign up for the contest. They're making their future bet now. The pros did early on, mm -hmm. and then there's that real that lull of July. Yes. Yep. Um, but we're starting to see some action, uh, especially with win totals right now, yep. what we're seeing. I think it's really interesting and something Paul Stone was talking about, and it applies to your school, Mike. Mm -hmm. How, as bookmakers, how challenging the early season will be in college football because of the transfer portal. And I mean, a team like Colorado that has 65 new players out of 85 scholarship players. I mean, how do you even have a rating on them? I mean, it's, yeah. it's really, really hard. So you have to be quick to adjust the first couple of weeks. Well, I was going to ask you about that. Cause you know, week zero is kind of under the radar <laughs> sometimes because we're so enthralled with preseason football and national football mm -hmm. league. But uh, I, I think betters have a distinct advantage or maybe certainly to find edges. Like, there was one uh, notable better. I don't know if I should mention his name or not, but because he found a discrepancy in a line. It involved Fresno State, and it wore the total was 10 points. And it had to have been a mistake, right? And, and so uh, you find some books that are making mistakes during offseason, and you can, you can find some edges that way. But I, I agree with you, Mike uh, and Thomas. I, I just don't know how uh, people can have a true feel or assertion in terms of, uh, how to bet these early games in college football. The, uh, to Mike's point, it's it's the transfer portal that's really done it. And I was having a conversation with uh, Richie Bachelary, and we were mm -hmm. talking about from in terms of college basketball mm -hmm. for this year. And, you know, Richie made a good point. He says, you know, there's going to be games that are line three, and they're going to end up, you know, somebody's going to win by 30. And it's just that early season. It's the same thing with, with college football. You know, you look at a team like Kent State, that we talked about, they have zero, zero offensive players returning from last year's squad. So uh, if, you know, how do you look to rate somebody like mm -hmm. that? Um, and when there's no continuity in a program, it's, it's difficult. It, it, to me, it almost sounds like as well from a futures perspective, because I think back to last season, the transfer portal, TCU being one of the beneficiaries of the transfer portal, like yeah. how quickly they just turned around a, a program that was kind of like a little bit middling after Gary Patterson left and all that stuff. And the Sonny Dykes just like, like that, just they go to the doorstep of winning a national title. Like maybe I guess in your guys' opinion, does this sort of open things up in the futures market for not to win the national title? Cause I think we all feel that George is probably head and shoulders above a lot of teams, maybe the whole country, but to make the playoff, I think that opens things up a lot. I think that to make the playoff is such an interesting bet. At four, it'll get really interesting at 12. <laughs> yes. right? yeah. Yeah. But like at four, but you can take a team like I did with Cincinnati at 14 to one because yeah. you think, here, look, there's a couple key games. They had to go win at Notre Dame that year, right? Mm -hmm. They had to go do that. 
But I know at the time, if I make that bet, I can play Notre Dame. And I mean, I got yeah. to the point where I could tease Notre Dame and have a huge middle in that game, you know. So I think that way. The, the, we talked about it yesterday, Femi. The national championship market right now is really tough to it's bet tough. into yeah. because of how top-heavy it yes. is. And so people yeah. are playing to make a conference title game, to win a conference, and mostly season win totals. I'll say the, um, the other thing that the uh, conferences that have the divisions, it's a lot, lot nicer it's so much nice. I and people and, and people that are better think, oh, I love it that there's no divisions. Why? Why? It's much yeah. harder to handicap. Yes. When yeah. you know that one team comes from this group of six and one team exactly. comes from that group of six, I find it much easier to make a number and to and mm -hmm. to bet into a number. Yeah, yeah. yeah. absolutely yeah. agreed. Yeah, I think it's much easier to bet it, definitely. Because yeah, when it's the top two, it's just like, okay, the two <laughs> best teams are gonna be the two favorites. I want to say this before we go. You know, I've never met Thomas before this weekend, but the Lombardi line unites all, and I feel like I've known him for four years <laughs> yeah. since we've yeah. been coming out. So helpful to us in opening the book, and as this fraternity of bookmakers is, but somebody who didn't know me from Adam reached out and asked if he could give any advice as, you know, it was all new to us when, when we said bye to William Hill and started Circus Sports before anybody knew what Circus was. No, well well, like well said. Mm -hmm. We echo those sentiments. He Absolutely. is Thomas Gable, <laughs> race and sports book director of the Borgata, and then, of course, Mike Palm, the VP of operations here at the Circle Resort and Casino. That does it for hour number one. Hour number two, Vinny Maiulo, Hall of Fame odds maker at the South Point, joins us here on the Lombardi Line. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleha Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.